Hello and welcome to the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. This is episode 67 being recorded on Wednesday, January 12th, 2022. I am proud to be your host, Terrence M. Stanton. We are continuing with our look at the book, The Secret Still Hidden by Christopher A. Ferrara, the eminent Catholic lawyer and author. And we are going to begin shortly chapter 8, The Cover-Up Collapses. I'd like to remind you and direct your attention to the Fatima Center website, located at fatima.org. There you can find for free download the book, The Secret Still Hidden, electronically available, free of charge. And as far as I can remember, for a $5 donation... Uh, softcover copies of The Secret Still Hidden are available from the Fatima Center, so please check that out. They are a wonderful and reliable source of information pertaining to Our Lady of Fatima. <coughs> Excuse me. So let's continue with Chapter 8. The cover-up collapses. Porta a porta, door to door, on the Ray Uno channel is one of Italy's most popular television shows. Hosted by Bruno Vespa, Italy's equivalent of Phil Donahue, the show has provided a forum for both Italian and world celebrities of all stripes. On May 31, 2007, the show would provide a forum for the Vatican Secretary of State and his continuing effort to answer Antonio Sochi without really answering him. The publicity for the broadcast had promised that it would include the on-camera display of the authentic third secret. For this reason alone, millions of Italians were tuned in. This was another unprecedented development in the third secret controversy. Seated in a gilded chair at the Apostolic Palace, the Vatican Secretary of State was appearing by remote feed on national television in response to the stunning and thus far entirely conceded accusations of a prominent lay Catholic who is himself a television celebrity. Surrounded by the trappings of authority, Bertone would not actually impose anything he was about to say on the faithful, nor would he have any message from the Pope concerning the controversy. Despite the trappings, he was appearing like any other guest involved in a controversial event. An open net, but no goal. That this episode of Door to Door would be anything but a fair debate between Sochi and Bertone was evident from the very title of the program. The Fourth Secret of Fatima Does Not Exist, a direct attack on the title of Sochi's book, projected in huge letters on the right-hand side of the stage set. That the program would not, in fact, be a debate at all was evident from Vespa's astounding failure to invite Sochi to defend his own book. As Sochi states in his comment on this travesty, the title shot explicitly at my book, yet Vespa called only Cardinal Bertone and not the undersigned, who is the target, but not invited. Thus, Cardinal Bertone was offered on a silver platter the possibility of attacking me without any contradiction. Yet, as Sochi observes, Bertone did on television precisely what he did in Last Visionary, avoided all of my contentions. He did not give even one answer. On the contrary, he did more. He offered the proof that I am right. Not only did Bertone fail to kick a goal into the empty net on Sochi's side of the field, he scored the most sensational goal against himself. He demonstrated involuntarily that as a matter of fact, the explosive part of the third secret of Fatima exists yet is well hidden. For this service to the truth, although indirect, it is necessary to thank the Cardinal and to encourage him now to tell everything because, as the Gospel explains, 
The truth will make you free. The Cardinal's seemingly smooth but actually disastrous performance on Door to Door showed that Sochi is not boasting, but if anything, is understating the magnitude of what took place before millions of viewers. A ludicrous opening. The debacle began with Bertone offering the ludicrous contention that the two popes, John the Twenty-Third and Paul the Sixth, decided not to publish it because they did not hold so significant, probably, for the life of the Church, the publication of the Third Secret. If the secret was not so significant for the life of the Church, then why had the Vatican placed it forever under absolute seal in 1960, an action that only fueled speculation and worry about its not-so-significant contents? Why had Cardinal Ottaviani described it as so delicate that it could not be allowed to fall even accidentally into alien hands? Why had Cardinal Ratzinger told us the third secret warns of dangers threatening the faith and the life of the Christian and therefore of the world, and clearly explosive details that could cause disequilibrium in the Church? And why did John Paul II say that the secret had not been revealed, because it could be badly interpreted, as he put it, to Sister Lucia during their conversation in 1982? Here again, we see the blatantly self-contradictory theme of the official reconstruction, the secret that is so delicate, but not very significant, the secret that is a prophecy, but adds nothing to what we already know and depicts events we have already seen, the secret that must not be allowed to lead to sensationalism, but reveals no great mystery. A devastating slip of the tongue? Moving on to the old saw that Fatima is just a private revelation, Bertone made a very revealing, if not devastating, choice of words. He said that while we are dealing with a private revelation, there are elements of the apparition Sister Lucia would always remember, so that, regarding the third secret, the perception of the words from 1917 to 1944, because she wrote the secret in 1944, she therefore memorized and registered indelibly in her memory this perception and this interior locution. What words... What interior locution? Interior locution is a theological term for spoken words from an external source that register in the mind and are directed specifically to the hearer, as in the second part of The Great Secret, in which Our Lady speaks directly to Lucia and Jacinta. The only spoken words in the third secret vision are the angel's admonition, penance, 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 which is actually one word repeated three times, and this one word is not directed to the seer specifically. That is, the angel is not conversing with them, as Our Lady does in the second part of the Fatima message. Lucia hardly needed supernatural assistance to remember one word repeated thrice by the angel, whereas the rest of the vision consists entirely of Sister Lucia's own words, describing what she saw, not words she heard from the Virgin. Was this not an inadvertent disclosure by Bertone, that the third secret involves a discourse by the Virgin, whose precise verbal content was indelibly engraved in Sister Lucia's memory? Avoiding Soshi's Evidence The show continued with a voiceover asking, Has the text of The Third Secret of Fatima been published entirely, or has a part of it been omitted? In a slight departure from the usual demagoguery, no doubt thanks to Sochi's breakthrough book, the voiceover acknowledges, Such doubts seem to be advanced not only by the Lefebvreists and the Fatimists, but also some Orthodox Catholics who suspect that there has been concealed part of the secret in which is announced internal struggle and apostasy in the Church. 
Antonio Sochi has given voice to these doubts through a complex investigation in a recently published book entitled The Fourth Secret of Fatima. What followed in the voiceover was only a partial statement of Sochi's thesis, that there is a missing text of the secret that contains a crisis of faith and apostasy in the church, a battle between the devil and the virgin as seen in St. John's Apocalypse that John the Twenty-Third and Paul the Sixth decided not to publish the text in order to avoid furnishing arguments to the critics of Vatican II, and that John Paul II and then Cardinal Ratzinger arrived at a compromise in which the essential contents of the text would be revealed indirectly in John Paul II's sermon at Fatima on May 13, 2000, which links the message of Fatima to chapter 12, verses 3 and 4 of the Apocalypse. This compromise, the voiceover concludes, would permit the Vatican to say to the Church that the Third Secret was revealed, but without an integral pub- publication that would have caused a great shock in the Christian community. That was the extent of the program's presentation of what the voiceover itself described as Sochi's complex investigation. Missing from the voiceover's superficial summary, of course, were the following crucial matters, among others. The decisive testimony of Archbishop Capovia, already conceded by Bertone's silence in Last Visionary on the existence of two envelopes containing two different texts pertaining to the secret, the Capovia envelope and the Bertone envelope. The evidence, including the testimony of Capovia, Mother Pasqualina, Robert Sereau, and photographs in Paris Match magazine for the location of the Capovia envelope in the papal apartment during the pontificates of Pius XII, John XXIII, Paul VI, and probably John Paul II. The evidence that John Paul II, Paul VI, and John XXIII each read two different texts of the secret on two different dates years apart, including a 1978 reading by John Paul II of a text that did not come from the Holy Office archives, three years before the Vatican claims the Pope first read the text of the vision of the bishop in white brought to him from the archives. The testimony of papal emissary Father Schweigel that the third secret has two parts. One part concerns the Pope. The other part is the logical continuation, though I may not say anything, of the words in Portugal, the dogma of the faith will always be preserved, etc. The Vatican's suspicious and systematic refusal to address the mysterious etc. which interrupts words of the Virgin that are logically the beginning of the third secret. The numerous references to the content of the secret by the Vatican itself in the 1960 press release. Father Schweigel, Cardinal Ratzinger, Father Alonso, Father Fuentes, Cardinal Chapi, Cardinal Odi, John Paul II, and Sister Lucia, among others, which show beyond doubt that the secret must contain words of the Virgin and disturbing details concerning a crisis in the Church and consequently the world of apocalyptic proportions related to the Book of the Apocalypse, pointedly cited by John Paul II in his Sermon at Fatima in 2000. If Bertone had any answers to these questions, this was his grand opportunity to provide them without fear of contradiction on camera. Instead, he avoided every point, and so did Vespa and the other guests on the show. Marco Politi, the renowned Vaticanist and biographer of John Paul II, Giulio Andriotti, the former Prime Minister of Italy, Paolo Rivetti, a Roman journalist, and a positively sycophantic Giuseppe Di Carli, who was there to heap praise on the Cardinal and defend his own role in the Cardinal's attack on Sochi and Last Visionary. Pretending Capovia does not exist.
The first point Bertoni had to address was the testimony of Archbishop Capovia, which the Cardinal had ducked in Last Visionary. Again, failure to address the testimony of this living eyewitness that there are two envelopes and two texts comprising the totality of the third secret would be to concede that the testimony is true. Not only did Bertoni once again fail to address the testimony, there was an evident tacit agreement of all the participants in the show that they would act as if Archbishop Capovia did not exist. The failure of any participant even to mention Capovia during the 100-minute telecast was not only a concession to the truth of his testimony, but also evidence of a veritable conspiracy of silence designed to protect Bertone and the crumbling official account. For this reason alone, Bertone's appearance had only served to vindicate Sochi and the Fatimists completely, but there was much more to come by way of vindication. Practically every statement by Bertone for the remainder of the broadcast represented a setback for the official account. A curiously weak denial. Bertone's few comments concerning the voiceover that had selectively summarized Sochi's case were strangely tentative and elusive. Concerning Sochi's claim that the Vatican is holding back an explosive text of the words of the Virgin under the mental reservation that the secret has essentially been revealed by John Paul II in his sermon at Fatima in 2000, Bertone issued no firm denial, but rather stated only, it seems to me a phantasmagorical reconstruction. It seems to him? Wouldn't he know this for certain if it were really the case? Further on, Bertone employed the phrase, a little problematic. Problematic? How about libelous and outrageous if Bertone really thought Sochi's grave public accusations were utterly false and without foundation? I don't want to enter into polemic, said Bertone, but entering into polemic on the third secret is precisely what he had done by appearing on door to door. Yet Bertone continued to concede Sochi's most telling points by failing and refusing to address them. A curious new emphasis on an authentic text. Further commenting on the voiceover, Bertone introduced the idea of an authentic text of the third secret as if there were an inauthentic text at issue. John the Twenty-Third and Paul the Sixth, said Bertone, had read the text of the secret, the integral, authentic text, and the only text written by Sister Lucia. The only authentic text, that is. Leaving no doubt that he was signaling a new emphasis on an integral and authentic text, Bertone made this major revelation. When John Paul II made the decision to publish the secret, I was present at the time of the meeting, he decided to publish all that actually existed in the archives of the Holy Office. The choice of words was very careful. Bertone did not say simply that the Pope decided to publish the third secret. Qualifying his statement in a very strange way, he said only that the Pope decided to publish all that actually existed in the archives. Bertone knew full well of Sochi's allegation and Capovia's testimony that there is, or was, another text pertaining to the secret in the papal apartment. Hence, in the context of the developing controversy, Bertone's sudden emphasis on all that actually existed in the archives clearly implied the existence of a document related to the secret that was not in the archives, the text Capovia and other witnesses had located in the papal apartment, the text that John Paul II evidently read in 1978, contrary to the official account and message. 
the text that Paul VI read in 1963, contrary to the official account. What about that text? For now, at least, Bertone continued to observe a studious silence in the face of overwhelming evidence that the text in the papal apartment exists. Evidence he could easily have refuted before millions of viewers if the evidence were false. His continued silence on this burning issue spoke volumes to viewers with any knowledge of the matter. Bertone's new emphasis on an authentic text that actually existed in the archives could only have been a response to the enormous pressure Sochi's book had brought to bear on the Vatican apparatus. Given Sochi's wide publication of Archbishop Capovia's testimony, testimony Bertone was not prepared to mention, much less deny on camera, it was understandable that Bertone was forced to retreat to the affirmation that the Vatican had produced an authentic text from the archives, as opposed to whatever text Capovia was talking about. This subtle rhetorical retreat, however, was little short of a concession that Sochi had discovered the truth. As Sochi points out in his post-broadcast reply to Bertone, the theme of the authentic text of the Third Secret, the text that actually existed in the archives, is a road to the truth that was first opened by the currently reigning Pope himself. In the end, the Pope, in the letter published by Bertone, opens the road to the truth when he says that in 2000 there were published the authentic words of the third part of the secret, suggesting clearly that there exist words of the secret held not authentic. Courage, then. Publish everything. The truth will make you free. In the course of the broadcast, Bertone also revealed inadvertently why he and his collaborators would view a text of the words of Our Lady concerning apostasy in the Church as not authentic. Bertone seems to think that apostasy in the church is impossible. There is an obstinacy in this expectation of a prophecy of apostasy in the church. It seems to me a little problematical, this expectation, almost an aspiration, that there exists a prophecy of the Madonna, mother of the church, she who extends her maternal hand over the life of the church, the auxiliatrix who accompanies the church on her road in time, that there exists a prophecy of apostasy in the church. But while Bertone might find it impossible to see how the mother of God could warn of apostasy in the church, that is exactly what she did in other recognized Marian apparitions, including Akita, which, to recall the former Cardinal Ratzinger's statement to the Philippine ambassador to the Vatican, is essentially the same as the message of Fatima. So she rightly observes that Fatima is part of a tragic escalation of Christian history as foretold in a prophetic cycle of Marian apparitions. Moreover, as I have already noted, Scripture itself predicts precisely such an apostasy, which must take place before the last times. Thus, it is precisely in her capacity as Mother of the Church that Our Lady would give such a warning, and has given it before and after Fatima. But it seems that Bertone has a priori excuse me, has a priori excluded such disturbing truths from the realm of possibility. Therefore, any text of the Fatima message in which the mother of God warns of apostasy in the church would not, according to this very mentality, be an authentic part of the message, especially if the apostasy predicted in the conveniently inauthentic text is taking place on the watch of Bertone and his fellow Vatican prelates. But now to the most explosive moment of the telecast, Bertone's own confirmation 
of the two envelopes theory. The envelope, please. A full 50 minutes into the 100-minute broadcast, host Vespa uttered the words the viewers had been waiting to hear. Now eminence the envelope. Over the next 10 minutes, Cardinal Bertone, while never appearing to miss a beat, would nullify the official reconstruction of the third secret, completely vindicate the claims of Sochi and the Fatimists, and confirm the well-founded suspicions of millions of Catholics around the world. Our examination here must be meticulous, but the effort will be rewarding. First, we will examine the fatal problems for the official account posed by the envelopes Bertone produced during the telecast. Then we will consider how Bertone's revelations concerning the contents of the ultimate envelope, the text of the vision of the bishop in white, only provided further substantiation, if that were necessary, for the existence of a missing text of the words of the Virgin explaining the vision. First, the envelopes. Recall that in June 1944, Bishop de Silva finally received from Sister Lucia a sealed envelope containing her handwritten text of the secret, which she had written down six months earlier, and the bishop placed Lucia's envelope in a larger envelope of his own, also sealed with wax, on which he wrote the following instruction. This envelope, with its context, shall be entrusted to his eminence, Cardinal D. Manuel Sarahara, Archpatriarch of Lisbon after my death. Leiria, December 8, 1945, Jose, Bishop of Leiria. Thus, the historical record shows that the packaging of the secret involved an assemblage of two envelopes, the sealed envelope of Sister Lucia and the outer sealed envelope of the Bishop of Fatima. What Bertone produced during the telecast, however, was dramatically different, and the differences fatally contradicted the official account of the previous seven years, while revealing the long-hidden truth. First, I will show you the orange envelope, Bertone began. This was not the envelope containing the purported third secret, but rather the Italian translation of the third secret of Fatima, March 6, 1967. We are in the times of Paul VI. This is the envelope that always accompanied the envelope, the older authentic envelope that contains the original of the third secret. Notice the reference to an authentic envelope, as if some inauthentic envelope were in the picture. Questions immediately abounded. What was the point of showing an Italian translation of the purported secret dated March 6, 1967? That translation did not even exist until two years after Paul VI had already read the secret, according to the official account, on March 27, 1965, and nearly four years after Pope Paul read a text of the secret, the one in the papal writing desk called Barbarigo, on June 27, 1967, excuse me, on June 27, 1963, as confirmed by Archbishop Capavia's testimony which, of course, everyone on the show was in the process of ignoring. Further, this translation was dated nearly eight years after the date John XXIII had read a text of the secret, August 17, 1959, with the aid of a translation by Monsignor Tavares. Obviously, then, according to everyone's account, the 1967 translation was not prepared for the personal use of Paul VI or John XXIII in reading and understanding the secret, who, then, was it for? We can gather that Cardinal Ottaviani used it for the plenaria of cardinals on the third secret because the date of the translation is only days after his February 11, 1967 address 
to the Fifth Mariological Conference on the same subject, as we also saw in Chapter 3. It is reasonable to conclude, then, that the third secret planaria, whose existence Bertone himself had just revealed during the telecast, must have been in March of 1967. Bertone himself appeared to confirm this on camera when he stated, in response to Vespa's question about whether there was a typewritten transcript of the secret, yes, certainly. It was transcribed and then it was translated into Italian for the convenience of the cardinals of the planaria. But Bertone neither opened the orange envelope nor discussed any further its contents. The transcript and translation have never been produced, although they would have been quite helpful to the Italian audience watching the show. This was another circumstance that could not fail to arouse suspicion. Why, then, bother with the orange envelope at all? Perhaps this was a case of showing more envelopes than necessary to give the impression of transparency, but the result was not favorable to the official account. Bertone held the orange envelope up to the camera long enough to allow one to see exactly what is written on it, and what one could see raised more questions. Why does the envelope state manuscript in parentheses? Is it not obvious that an Italian translation of The Secret of Fatima is a manuscript? Or is it not the case that inside is the Italian translation of the manuscript portion of The Third Secret, the four-page description of the vision of the bishop in white, comprised of 62 lines, so that in another envelope, excuse me, I lost my spot, one would find the Italian translation of the letter portion of the secret, the letter to the Bishop of Laeria, wherein Lucia said she had related the contents of the secret, the one-page text of 25 lines testified to by Cardinal Ottaviani. Does not the Roman numeral 2 on the right-hand side of the envelope indicate that it is the second of two related documents? Admittedly, based on the evidence of the orange envelope alone, this is far from certain, but Bertone's following disclosures would only confirm the suspicion. Not one envelope, but four. And we come to the white envelope, Bertone continued, as he put down the orange envelope and held up another. This is the first envelope, very large, you can see, with the writing of Bishop Jose de Silva, Bishop of Leiria, an envelope written by the Bishop of Leiria that contains the other envelopes until the authentic envelope that contains the third secret. The other envelopes? Once again, the historical account of the packaging of the Third Secret in 1944 speaks of Sister Lucia's lone envelope inside the Bishop of Fatima's outer envelope. Two envelopes in all. Now suddenly Bertone was introducing the notion of a series of nested envelopes. Envelopes within envelopes. This alone caused fatal problems for the official account, as I will discuss presently. Notice also the second peculiar reference to the authentic envelope, as if there were some inauthentic envelope floating around. The envelope Bertone was now displaying, we shall call it envelope number one, appeared to be the one in which Bishop de Silva had placed Lucia's own sealed envelope containing the letter to which Lucia, the Vatican itself, in the 1960 press release, and various witnesses already mentioned had referred the letter in which Lucia confided to the bishop contents of the secret. Bishop de Silva allowed this envelope to be photographed for Life magazine, taking it out of his safe for that purpose. 
The photographs from the 1940s corresponded to the envelope Bertoni was now showing on television, which contained the bishop's handwritten instructions on how to handle the secret in the event of his death. Envelope number one, as Bertoni showed the camera, had been sealed with a large blob of wax, although its top edge had long since been slit open with a letter opener. So far then, no apparent problem for the official account. From this large outer envelope, however, Bertoni withdrew a smaller yellowed envelope with the handwriting of Sister Lucia. Envelope number two, on which was written the name and title of Bishop de Silva. Envelope number two, said Bertone, is without seals because it was put inside the large sealed envelope of Bishop de Silva. Envelope number one. Note well, Bertone had just admitted to millions of viewers that an envelope inside a larger sealed envelope does not require a seal of its own. That admission would have a telling impact a few moments later. Question. Why is it that neither message, nor last visionary, nor any other statement by Bertone and his collaborators over the past seven years has mentioned the yellowed envelope with the Bishop of Fatima's name on it in Lucia's handwriting, which Bertone had just now produced? Answer. It may well be the outer envelope for the text we have yet to see. Next. Bertone withdrew from the unsealed yellowed envelope a further envelope, with seals and with the writing of Sister Lucia, the authentic writing of Sister Lucia where he speaks of the year 1960. This envelope, envelope number three in the series, had three wax seals on the back, but like envelope number one, its top edge had long ago been slid open. At this moment, Bertone, for the first time ever, finally revealed that Sister Lucia had written on the outside of this envelope, which he displayed for the camera and read aloud the following. By express order of Our Lady, this envelope can only be opened in 1960 by the Cardinal Patriarch of Lisbon or the Bishop of Leiria. Not once in the years between June 26, 2000 and the telecast of May 31, 2007, not in his introduction to message, not in his entire book attempting to respond to Sochi, not in his many interviews and other statements on the subject, had Bertone ever revealed that Sister Lucia had written on the envelope an express order of the Virgin that the secret should be opened in 1960. All references to the precise wording of what can be called the 1960 order from the Virgin have been carefully avoided on the occasions when Bertone was alleging, in message, his book and elsewhere, that Sister Lucia confessed to him that she had never had any communication with the Virgin concerning 1960. It was now apparent to millions, however, that all the while Bertone was telling the world Sister Lucia had never heard from the Virgin regarding 1960, he was in possession of an envelope stating precisely the opposite in Sister Lucia's own handwriting. Yet Bertone acted as if nothing were amiss, as if everyone had known all along that an express order of Our Lady concerning 1960 had been inscribed on envelope number three. In a moment, however, Bertone would make an even more explosive disclosure. The second, third secret envelope appears. After displaying envelope number three, Bertone made the disclosure that in and of itself destroyed the credibility of the official account and confirmed once and for all the truth of the two envelopes theory, as if Capavia's testimony were not enough. Bertone withdrew from envelope number three not the text of the vision, 
which the official account claims is the whole of the third secret, but rather envelope number four. A second sealed envelope on the outside of which was a second identically worded 1960 order in Sister Lucia's handwriting. By express order of Our Lady, this envelope can only be opened in 1960 by the Cardinal Patriarch of Lisbon or the Bishop of Leiria. Bertone had incredibly, just blithely confirmed that there are indeed two envelopes pertaining to the third secret, each with three wax seals of its own, and each with its own separate 1960 order. An order Sister Lucia had twice recorded in her own handwriting, despite Bertone's now demonstrably false representation, that Sister Lucia confessed that she had never received any such order from the Virgin. Yet neither Message, nor Bertone, nor anyone else at the Vatican had ever made reference to these identical twin envelopes before. On the contrary, in Last Visionary, published weeks before the telecast, Bertone told De Carli there was only one internal envelope referencing 1960, enclosed in an outer envelope that was not Sister Lucia's. De Carli, more than one envelope, there were two. Bertone, yes, an external with the note, third part of the secret, and an internal of Sister Lucia with the date 1960. Moreover, Bertone's account in Last Visionary has Sister Lucia authenticating the text of the secret by touching her sheets of paper and only one envelope during the purported April 27, 2000 meeting with him. Yes, these are my sheets of paper and the envelope is mine. They are the sheets of paper that I used and this is my writing. This is my envelope. Thus, during the alleged authentication, only one 1960 envelope prepared by Sister Lucia was shown to her, not the two Bertone had just produced on camera. This is not even to mention Lucia's yellowed, unsealed envelope, also not shown to her in 2000. In fact, Sister Lucia herself reported that she had placed a text of the secret into a sealed envelope, not two sealed envelopes. To recall Sister Lucia's earlier mentioned statements in 1943-44, as reported by Father Alonso, they, Bishop De Silva and Canon Galamba, tell me either to write it in the notebooks in which I have been told to keep my spiritual diary, or if I wish, to write it on a sheet of paper, put it in an envelope, close it, and seal it up. From Sister Lucia's letter to Bishop De Silva of January 9, 1944, I have written what you, Bishop De Silva, asked me. God willed to try me a little, but finally, this was indeed his will. It, the secret, is sealed in an envelope, and it is in the notebooks. Question. Why has the second sealed 1960 envelope not shown to Lucia during the authentication in 2000 if, as Bertone was now claiming, the two belong together, one inside the other? Answer. The two envelopes did not belong together, but were used for two different but related texts of the third secret. Question. Why had Bertone never mentioned Sister Lucia's second 1960 envelope to the public between 2000 and the television appearance on May 31, 2007? Answer. He did not want the public to know that there were two such envelopes, because that would indicate that there were two parts to the third secret, each with its own 1960 envelope, 
one of which is or was lodged in the papal apartment and officially does not exist. Question. Where is the external envelope bearing the note, third part of the secret, that Bertone identifies in Last Visionary as the outer envelope that held only one sealed internal 1960 envelope from Sister Lucia? Answer. Impossible to say. This is just another of the major inconsistencies that riddle Bertone's telling and retelling of the story, but it does indicate that Bertone withheld on camera an envelope he had earlier mentioned in print. Here it must be noted that in his introduction to Message, back in 2000, Bertone provided a version of the facts that departs from what he says in both Last Visionary and the Telecast in 2007. Before giving the sealed envelope containing the third part of the secret to the then Bishop of Lyria Fatima, Sister Lucia wrote on the outside envelope that it could be opened only after 1960, failing, as always, to mention the express order of Our Lady. So, according to Bertone's 2000 version of the facts and message, rather than the three envelopes Bertone had just showed during the 2007 telecast, Sister Lucia prepared only two envelopes for transmission of the secret. One outside envelope bearing a 1960 order, apparently not sealed, and one internal sealed envelope, apparently without a 1960 order. Thus, according to message in 2000, there was only one, not two, 1960 envelopes. And as we have just seen, Last Visionary likewise refers to only one 1960 envelope. Yet on camera, Bertone had just displayed two such envelopes for the first time in the seven-year-long controversy. And we will pause at that point and continue with this chapter tomorrow. So some very interesting revelations that took place on that show, Porta Porta. And it sounds like Cardinal Bertone was unable to keep his story straight. Let us honor Our Lady of Fatima and St. Joseph the Terror of Demons. In omni Patris et Fili et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora per nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostrae. Amen. Prayer to St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, cast your solemn gaze upon the devil and all his minions, and protect us with your mighty staff. You fled through the night to avoid the devil's wicked designs. Now with the power of God, smite the demons as they flee from you. Grant special protection, we pray, for children, fathers, families, and the dying. By God's grace, no demon dares approach while you are near. So we beg of you, always be near to us. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. Please share this with your family and friends. And thank you so much for being dedicated listeners and I look forward to talking to you more in the future goodbye and God love you